You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Hey there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I'll be performing at Clusterfest with Leslie Jones in San Francisco, June 21 to 23. It should be fun. My new album is also out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. Try and get it. It's called Home and Away. Buy a lot of copies of that. I have a baby. Today's guest is a legend on the comedy scene. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm not. Neil, don't you agree? Maybe you've a seen definite him. definite legend here today. Maybe no, you've no. seen him in his own Comedy Central Presents or on ABC's The View or on a USO tour. He has appeared on and off Broadway in films and commercials in many comedy festivals, <laughs> including HBO, U.S. Comedy Arts, TBS, Las Vegas, and Montreal, Just for Laughs. His one-man comedy show South Pathetic was produced to raves at the New York International Fringe Festival. The That's Province where you saw Ten- it. That's where you saw it. Tennessee Williams Festival and yeah. many regional theaters. He is heard frequently on Sirius XM Radio. He has four comedy CDs. Four his, of them. His comic novel, You'll Be Swell, is available on Amazon. This man can do it all except maybe be straight. It's Jim <laughs> David. Happy pr- and a happy Pride happy Month pride. Pride. Oh, yes. to you. Happy, happy, happy Pride. pride. <laughs> happy Pride. It is a perfect... Could you... Well, let's start right there. Could you imagine that there'd be pride and like proud to have a pride parade? I can't imagine. This is the 50th anniversary. Did you know that? No. This is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. Oh, well, Stonewall. Neil has a big Stonewall. That was the first play he was in yeah, when he I came to New York. Yeah, I did an off-Broadway play, Stonewall. You I was did? the cop that started the riot. Live, the play, outside. Off-Broadway. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy kissed him, and then it ruined Neil's career. <laughs> well, that was the end of that. Guy. I know, and that now you're it. in Lenny's bedroom. <laughs> now, this is it. Now I'm in his apartment with <laughs> now the drill. Now things are going great. <laughs> <laughs> with a drill upstairs, right? No, it's amazing. I've seen it all in my lifetime, Lenny. I believe It's like I've seen, I've come from when you couldn't, talk about it right. at, all, at all yeah to now people won't shut up about it yeah <laughs> did you ever have to act at least as straight for a play uh back in for, the a day? P- for a play yeah sure and yeah well i mean i just was myself i don't know if that's right. you know what i mean i didn't i just i what do you what do you mean did i curtail the lisping is that what you're saying <laughs> no I, did i curtail the, the 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 crazy gestures and i didn't wear pink okay <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> well, way, I to, mean, way to step us back thirty years, yeah. lady. Well, I mean, well, did I Jesus ever have to? I mean, yeah, let's uh, bring, the, bring the questions up to okay, two thousand nineteen. Uh, Come on, you can't even ask I a question nowadays. Right. We almost just stopped the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I did. I mean, the answer is yes, I did. In fact, yeah, Lenny, yes, I'm listening. When I first moved Adjusting to New York, things. yes, my agent, my first, the first woman who ever represented me, right, told me that my headshots were too gay <laughs> that i looked too gay in my headshots go. yeah and that when i walked into the room you can just tell like it's cologne 
Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> that you could just tell that I was gay. It's like cologne. My next question was, Southern people, you're from the South, can, can get away with it a little more. Like, like Anthony Clark, nobody, he fooled people for years. Nobody, so Southern is like, oh, he's just, he's not anybody. gay, he's Southern. He, wasn't fooling he fooled me. He, he, wasn't fooled, fooling, he didn't fool you. He didn't, well, he wasn't fooling anybody. If you got an at accent. Baylor, I always, because I went to Baylor in the South, and so anybody that was gay was just a super Christian. And that's uh. how it was. That's how it was totally disguised. <laughs> They're like, he's just super Christian, and that's how it was. Because Ben, well, I won't say his name, but anyways, that, that was yeah. one of my good friends. So, but yeah, I don't know. For me, Southern, you, you got to I wouldn't know unless you told. Like for huh? years, like Liberace couldn't be more gay, right? But when I was a kid. No, my my grandmother was well, that's like. That's because we didn't so talk about it. Because looking. nobody, nobody, it wasn't in the vocabulary. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like, like uh, it was not discussed. Right. Like when I was a listen, when I was a kid, equal rights for black people was right. not discussed because it just wasn't the case. Right. It's like black people lived on their side of the railroad tracks, and the only black people that our family knew was the one that worked for us. Right. The maid. And that's just the way because we didn't have the vocabulary of Black Lives Matter or any of that stuff. So it just wasn't in the vocabulary. Whenever, you know, you'd see Paul Lind on right. Hollywood Squares and he <laughs> He's would just say, funny. Wait, you know, he I mean, wasn't but, gay, but, was he? but I mean he would he would he would get away with stuff like right. they would say Paul, why do motorcyclists wear leather? And then he would say, because chiffon wrinkles so easily. <laughs> right, and I just thought that was funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. And then there, yeah, there was a ship question. They said, when a man falls off of a ship, you yell man overboard. What do you yell when a woman falls off of a ship? And he said, fall spade ahead. <laughs> yeah. so, but nobody talked about it because right. it just wasn't in, it was not right. in the vocabulary. Well, he was the father on uh, Bye Bye Birdie. And he was like, Ed, I love it. It was just funny. Cats, what's the matter yeah, with cats? Yeah, right. I know. It was it just, was just funny. funny, but it was like, but like my grandmother was no fool. My grandmother said, now Jim is not the marrying kind. And uh, she said this when I was a kid. Uh, so she, she, she was, knew. She knew. Where did she you know. grow up then? Asheville, North Carolina. Always in North up. Carolina? Yes. Yeah. So how do you get from Asheville, North Carolina? Was it acting, then stand-up, or stand-up, then acting? It was acting, then stand-up. I became a stand-up because I was a failure as an actor. In Asheville an or here? failure or here. You came here. here. So you're I, like, was a, I was a huge success down there. Oh. But not up here. When I when I came up here, nobody knew what to do with me. Right. I didn't know what to do with me. I didn't know how to brand myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what. If if you if you'd asked me when I was twenty four, what kind of parts can you play? I would have said I don't know. You know what I mean? Because when I was in college, I would get parts that were usually thirty years older than me. Ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. I would play parts like a college student would play. That. But when you get to your when you get to a, be a professional and you're in your twenties, you know. I was a young character person. Right. And so I would I got cast in enough shows to get my actors equity card and my mm -hmm. screen actors guild card. Here now that I did, yeah. That's good. Yeah. In fact, here's the funny that thing. That would consider success. Well, no? it here's it's it's how you define success. Right. I got I went to graduate school for a year at SMU in Dallas. Okay. Uh -huh. And then I got thrown out after a year. <laughs> Six of us first year graduate students got got we were told we were not coming back for wow. the second year because we were not talented enough. Wow. Oh, shit. Swear to God. Then I moved to New York right after that in 1977. Right. Within six weeks, I got cast in an off-Broadway show that got me my equity card. 
when I first moved to New York. Okay. And to this day, I'm the only person in that class who is <laughs> making anything. a living in show business. There you go. So fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, that's the thing is that failure, I, and I always tell this to younger people, yes. failure is temporary. Right. It it does not last when you, forever. When you come up to New York, you come by yourself? Uh-huh, you, I came all by myself. I had I had a friend who lived on 11th Street, and he let me put my shit in his <laughs> the corner of his apartment, yeah. and I stayed there for like three weeks. Yeah. And then I found a, a roommate. I moved in with some guy, and then a couple of months later, I found another roommate and got an apartment. And, and you just started hitting the pavement? Uh-huh. To, to I just started right, right away. It. I was going to acting classes, and I was doing all that stuff. Oh, wow. And throughout my 20s, and I also had survival jobs. Like, I sold typewriter ribbons over the telephone, and I did singing <laughs> telegrams dressed as a chicken oh, or a pink gorilla. I swear to God. A pink gorilla? A pink gorilla. Who and got that I got, one? Huh? Who got that one? Oh, a guy at a jewelry store got that that, that <laughs> pulled a gun on me. Oh, I walked shit. into a I swear to, on all of your lives. I, I was a pink gorilla, and I, you know, you put your gorilla gorilla suit on yeah, outside right, on the street right before you go in yeah but he doesn't know that he didn't know that <laughs> and i walked into a jewelry store dressed as a pink gorilla with 10 balloons and the guy and the guy was behind the one of those bulletproof yep. plastic you know <laughs> and i said i'm here to see bill or whoever the hell oh, is. Shit. <laughs> and he pulled a gun on me and he said get the fuck out of here <laughs> And I said, but I have a song. Yeah. That was the funniest thing. This yeah. is how I know show yeah. business is in my is right. in my blood because I said, I have a song. Yeah. <laughs> Did you finish it? No, yeah. no. I ran out and the got a so- cop. The song is Get Out. No, I I ran I ran out and got a cop. How much does that pay? A job like that back in the day? It you got remember? about you got about seventy five dollars a telegram. Oh, that's not Pretty bad good. at all. So I do like five on a Saturday night and make oh, you know shit. Oh, wow. like three hundred seventy five dollars. Same so. costume or different costume? I was a chicken also. That's oh, more than you get at the a cellar. San Diego chicken. <laughs> the San Diego chicken. <laughs> yes. Oh my uh, yeah, God. and I was a waiter, and you know, and I did oh, all wow. kinds of crap. And Wait, so, and how then in '86 is when I did my first open mic. There you go. Why? Because you're like, I can do that. Um, or did well, you see I had somebody? tried it six years ago at Catch a Rising Star, right? And was a miserable failure mm. because I was not prepared. I right. just went up and told, thought I, my natural charm will just carry me. I'll just talk to the audience. No, mm-hmm. they stared at me like I had bent over <laughs> and spread my cheeks. <laughs> to them and they were it was horror and then the commi- the, the the I went off stage to no applause okay oh, God. and the MC who I'll never forget his name is JJ Wall he ended up going to California and being a writer I don't know what happened to him but he said that was Jim David remember that name because you'll never hear it again oh, oh shit. shit I've just pounded in you yes <laughs> and so I didn't do there it for about four or five years and Temporary. then what happened was I, because I, I didn't know how to be a comedian. I thought you had to be a character. Right. I thought you had to be Woody Allen or mm. Rodney Dangerfield or Jackie Mason or Phyllis Diller or, you know what I mean? Right. I thought you had to be this wise cracking. I didn't know what to do. And then I saw Roseanne on, yeah. on The Tonight Show. It was her first Tonight Show set in 1986. And she was just her. And she was like, you know, my husband said I need more space. So I locked him outside. Mm-hmm. And just the way that she talked about her family was so real to me. It hit a nerve. Right. And I went, well, maybe I could be myself on stage or right. a version of me. Right. So I started writing all this stuff about my family. And then I went on to this uh, open mic at this club around the, this combination cabaret and Thai restaurant <laughs> around the corner from Port Authority bus terminal. Oh it's not God. there anymore. It's called the Lotus Room. Oh, wow. But it had a bug zapper over the stage. <laughs> and so I'd say, my name is Jim. Bzz, I'm from North Carolina. Bzz. 
you know, and then in the back you had the Thai people going Ching and at one point I went back there three or four more times yeah. and I started to get good at it. Yeah. And at one point I said to the manager, Could you tell the guys to not talk when we're doing our show? And he said, My customer. My customer. No you. No your customer. Is customer for me. <laughs> so how do you get from there to where where is the first club you did? Uh Comedy You. On Grand Street and in West Broadway, it's not I've there. I heard of that one, but Comedy U was a great little club. It was it was on Grand Street, uh, west of West Broadway, right? And it was me and Joy Behar and oh, Ray wow. Romano and Mario Cantone and uh, Judy Gold was there, yep. and uh, a bunch of other comics that have since bitten the dust. Yeah, I mean they I don't hear from them anymore. Right, right. But that was the first club that I ever passed. And then I passed at Catch a Rising Star, mm-hmm. and then Dangerfields, and then the comic strip. Yep. And Do I you, remember in the, at the comic strip, yeah, I worked there for several years, and I, Lucian, who was the owner, may he rest in peace, uh-huh. he was the booker. booker yeah. And Lucian was notorious for telling comedians <laughs> how horrible they, they yes. really are. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. All we've, comedians have we've a Lucian had a lot story. On the show, yeah. And I I went to I was getting good at it, but yeah. Lucian was only giving me the opening spot or the closing spot okay. at one in the morning or nine at night. And I said, "Is there any way I can get better spots?" And he said, "Well, the prime spots are for the people who are going to be stars. You know, the Adam Sandlers, <laughs> the Chris Rocks. The rest of you can fight it out among yourselves." Jesus, <laughs> you've been told and to I, go fuck yourself more than a few times. I know it. A quick reality check. Oh from man, Lucian. But I started making my living at it about after a year. After about a year yeah. of open of, of of doing the rounds and doing the clubs i started getting paid for it and i was a good enough mc that i could go on the road and mc so this was late 80s this was 87 so stand-up starts overtaking your life and acting starts falling way back now way back yeah, yeah. because also i as an actor i always have hated auditioning right i can't stand it right because i go in and there's some middle-aged overweight woman who was used to be an actress and is now a failure and now she's the casting director and she's got her way of doing it you don't even know neil tells me this all the time i had no idea like they don't know just do whatever you want then they try and direct you and then immediately it's it's completely it's wrong probably like i got a broadway show because i just walked in the room and they like me right I mean, if you'd have told me that I was going to be in a $10 million directed by Tommy Toon, Toon, I would have told you you were out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, we'll get and, to that in a But, I mean, I just walked in and they liked me. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, they, they had no idea. They were looking for an older guy. They were looking for, like, uh, Freddie Roman or somebody right. for that part. Yep. But anyway, it's all, you know, so it's, uh, act, it totally took over my life. And I would love to do some acting, but I don't want to audition. You well, know, I, don't, I want them to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, scene like in the late 80s? Like you, Judy, all those guys were just coming up, but fun. you were crossing over with the Seinfeld, about to get Seinfeld and the, that group. Larry Miller, did you run into those guys? Sure. That, they were a little bit ahead Head, of me. Of course. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, yeah. Were, they, were, they were a few years ahead of me and they were starting to become stars and the rest of us were. But it was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Back then, when just going from club to club, I remember doing nine spots. Right. One Saturday night, I did... Three at the Strip, three at Catch Rising Star, and three at Dangerfields. Yeah, people don't do that anymore. People don't do that anymore. It was a lot of fun. I don't know how young comedians get on stage today because they have to do all these bringer shows. Mm-hmm. I well, we didn't do that back then. We just, just got passed at a club and we started working there. But there were because there were audiences that were it's, it was a boom, so audiences were there. They were there. Yeah. Now it's like they're not coming. So unless you bring them, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you're in certain places. Yeah, you know? certain places that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sell out every night. So you've been doing that, and then you did the one-man shows, and the you know you went back to do this one-man show. Well, that was what I wrote. South Pathetic, which you saw, was a pe- yeah. theater piece that I wrote for myself because I wanted to, I wanted to play for theater audiences. I wanted to do a show in a theater. I was inspired by seeing Lily Tomlin on Broadway. Right. Because she did a little sketch. She did a show called The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the yes. Universe, Big which show. is one of the most astonishing pieces I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole section of it where she did a whole story about the women's movement, and she played about eight or nine characters within that. Right. And I said, and did it without costumes, just did it with lights and sound and, and gesture, and I thought it was pure performance art. Yes. And I said, I want to do that. Okay. And so I called a friend of mine who runs the theater department at a college in Tennessee, and I said, I want to come do a one man show and I haven't written it yet and I want you to direct it and I want you to pay me and he said okay <laughs> done that's literally how we did it and you were there for like I months was, I was yeah. no I was there for like three weeks oh, okay and I created the first version of South Pathetic like down there which is a it ended up being a play about, about me going back to North Carolina to direct the worst community theater in the south in a production <laughs> of A Streetcar Named Desire it was great and uh, that's what it became and I did it over I did it around the country at all these different theaters, off and on for like fifteen years. Amazing! And so now, so now with that, you did it, and now you've transitioned a little bit into you run around the city still, but cruise ship business. They love you. But well, they love you. You're like one of the top guys now on some of these places on ships. Yeah, they offered me a lot of work, and I took it. Yeah, um, it's good money. I am. It's it's very good money, and I am completely uncensored. Exactly. And I I am I am here to validate ships because a lot of comics look down on it it was back in the day back in the day different now back in the day they said what are you going to be a boat act right and now a lot of those guys who years ago disdained it have said to me can you get me in with these yeah because they have an old comedy club and they kind of say they leave you alone there for the most part they leave you alone we'll talk about the bad side of that later but but they leave you alone you can work on your act there why not totally yeah totally and 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 the audiences now, because of the industry, the, the ship industry has become so mainstream. Yeah, it used to be kind of trashy. Yeah, but now they're just like it. And there is just no a road difference. room. It's a road. It's room. a road room. There's, That's what I There's tell no people. difference with a ship audience than would be in Vegas totally or Atlantic agree. City. To- in fact, in fact, yeah. in 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 a ship, you're. I mean, you you have people. You'll, you'll say, "Where are you from?" And they'll say, "Saudi Arabia." <laughs> And then I'll say, you don't know how to fly a plane, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's all kinds of crazy people. And they hired me as an openly gay performer. Sounds good. Which is, I, you know, I'm a, hired by an international billion-dollar corporation <laughs> as this fag. <laughs> and I get, to, and so I get to, uh, you know. But they say they're diverse. They can play the diversity card. Hey, we have a diverse act. That's right. And you get to and do whatever. Sometimes you want. people complain about it. Yeah. Somebody went up to the front desk one time and said, "We didn't pay all this money to see a gay comedian." And the woman said, "Yes, you did." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we end this segment, we'll come back to the trolls because okay. I have stories for you. You almost got me thrown off a cruise ship one time. With you me? don't even. Yeah, I'll tell you the story when we get to the third segment. But before we finish this first segment, you have this skill that I just want you to do a little, a tiny piece of, thirty seconds of right. for Neil. I was howling one. I saw you at Caroline's one day, just 
howling in the back because you can remember full screenplays from beginning to end, one being The Wizard of Oz, and you just one day broke into this Wizard of Oz. I'm not even joking, Neil. He can do the full movie. <laughs> all the parts. All the parts. Now, you want to do 30 seconds of... Mr. Gale, I want to see you and your wife right away about Dorothy. Dorothy? Well, what has Dorothy done? What's she done? I'm all but lame from the bite on my leg. You mean she bit you? No, her dog. Oh, she bit her dog, eh? No, that dog is a menace to the community. I'm taking him to the sheriff and make sure he's destroyed. Destroyed? Toto? Oh, you can't. You mustn't. Uncle Henry Annie, don't let her take Toto. Elmira Gulch, just because you own half the county doesn't mean you have the power to run the rest of us. For 23 years, I've been dying to tell you what I thought of you. And well, being a Christian woman, I can't say it. (laughs) That is so good. So he does this at Caroline's one night for like 15 minutes. I'm I'm howling in the back. People are losing their shit. And then I go up to him, I go... You know the whole movie goes, I can do that one, and you know a bunch Midnight of other Cowboy Midnight Cowboy I can do. Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you what, ma'am. You can just call the hotel here and ask for Joe Buck. <laughs> Joe Buck. So great. Then how come you ain't scored once the whole time you've been in New York? Because I need management, goddammit. Because you stole $23 off of me. That's why you need to start qu- quit crapping around about Florida and get your skinny butt moving. Earn $23 worth of management, which you owe me. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I can do network. Oh, I can do no. a bunch of them. Oh, shit. I know, right? The we sound can of music just... I can do. <laughs> that's that's your am- next show. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's the am- next show. It's amazing. All right, let's talk about that, which we're leading into like Broadway. Broadway esque. You see a lot of plays, obviously. Yes. And um, you did. you did talk about you did Broadway for a minute. That's you alluded to the show before, but you went in this audition. They mm-hmm. hired you on Broadway. Yep. How that must have been? What year is that? And how did your head must have exploded? It was nineteen. The fall of nineteen ninety three. We opened in May of ninety four. Right. And what's the name of the show? It was called the best. You know, the best little whorehouse in yes. Texas. Well, this was the sequel. Okay. Called the best little whorehouse goes public. <laughs> they had a bright idea to do another whorehouse. Okay, <laughs> okay, right? And universe- it was Tommy too. Yeah, it yeah. was the original directors and the original oh, writers shit. and the original woman who wrote the music and lyrics, Carol Hall, who became one of my best friends and who unfortunately passed uh, earlier this year. Okay, she passed away. She had dementia. Uh. Um, but uh, I auditioned. They had seen me. The casting director had seen me at stand. This is why you should always audition for everything and always just show up. Mm-hmm. Woody Allen said 90% of success is showing up. <laughs> the casting directors had seen me up at Stand Up New York for another show called Laughter on the 23rd Floor, uh, which was by Neil Simon. Right. It, was ab- it was about yeah, yeah. the writer's room in right. the Sid Caesar yeah, yeah. show. Man, that was perfect. But they didn't, they didn't pick me for that. But then when they were looking for they were looking for the character of a comedian right. for this show. So they wanted a professional comic. Right. So they brought me in for it. I killed in the audition. And then they invited me to the theater. And I walked out on stage and I said, My name is Jim. My Christian name is James. My Jewish name is Roch Mile. My Latino name is Jaime Jose Luis Conchito Mendoza Pendejo Sinvergüenza Carajo Maricón. My my Fire Island name is Gladys. And when I said my Fire Island name is Gladys, Tommy Toon hit the floor. And and Larry L. King, who was the guy who wrote the script, and he he wrote the original article in New York Magazine that the original Whorehouse was based on. Right. He was this good old boy from Texas, right. and he talked like this. Right. And he turned around to Tommy Toon and said, I like the fag. <laughs> <laughs> I like that fag comment. <laughs> There's nothing like hate getting you in this part. I'm right? telling you. 
Oh, but I, they flew me down to Washington to meet with him because I was going to be writing, co-writing right. my part with the authors. Oh, wow. So this was like, you mean I'm being invited to work on a, a $10 million Broadway show and they want me to and they're like, create yeah. my part? That's well, amazing. I did more than create it, Lenny. I wrote the whole fucking thing. Wow. Because all the material that they gave me stunk. So right. me and Rick Crome, my, my good friend Rick right. Crome, Rick That's helped amazing. me to write some of the lines that I ended up saying in the show. Wow. Because what the show was was me coming out on stage between the scenes, mm-hmm. sort of commenting on the action. Oh, cool. Right? Right. And so Wasn't that's... a Greek chorus kind of thing? It was a Greek chorus yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like the MC in Cabaret. You right. You know Cabaret? Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But it was... I learned the highs and lows of Broadway in one segment because... When we did the show in workshop, everybody loved it, and then we put it on the stage in full costume. It didn't work. It didn't work. It <laughs> didn't work. It was a big blowout of a mess. Uh, and the costumes were by Bob Mackey, who really, yeah, who, who is now yeah, represented yeah. on Broadway by the Share Show, you know, because he yeah. did all the Share's right. costumes. But he designed a turquoise bugle beaded tuxedo for me. <laughs> I've I seen wore, that picture. It's gorgeous. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. I walk out on stage wearing this turquoise bugle beaded <laughs> tuxedo. And I just thought, it, I, I said, I call this creation prom night in Paramus. <laughs> that was the line that, because I, I said, I have to make fun. Cause I, I said to them, I said, I have to make fun of this fucking suit. Oh, man. You know, so, but it was a great experience because. Did you get reviewed? Yeah. Was it good? I got mostly uns i was mostly unscathed because yeah. i was getting laughs right so in other words they hated the show but they liked me what was the run how long was the run six weeks uh, so it when you're good when you're touring when you're opening in a workshop in it where are you in dc new york oh you we did it in new york oh you did it all in new york we so should have taken do it out of town we should have taken it out of town okay so there you- are several things that should have been done with it and it's it, they should have rewritten the whole thing they should have taken it out of town they didn't. They were. They were. They. They were. They were resting on their laurels. They were just like, well, if everybody who liked the first one comes to see this, we're fine. What and theater yeah, were you in? Lundfontan. Oh man. But it, but the during Lundfontan. the previews, it's hitting. Everyone's feeling good. It's it's. No, we could no. tell that we were fucked. Oh, you could in <laughs> the previews, yeah, because people would say, "What the hell is this?" Oh no. Well, and I saw we, the first one. We were people thought we were vulgar and crass and overproduced, and we were like, "Well, that's the point. This country is vulgar and crass and overproduced." <laughs> and the music was good or music no? was terrific the music survives on an original cast album oh, and you wow. listen to the album and you go i can't believe this thing closed because the music it's is good. a lot of fun uh, and what it's about very brassy and the guy who did the this this or, this orchestrator named peter matz he was the he was the musical director for the carol burnett show yeah yeah peter matz and he did our orchestrations and it sounded like a big it was a big band swing yeah, the talent was all there. It was I mean, all they, there, they, man. They it was God. Jules Fisher did the lighting. I mean, <laughs> wow. You know, Bob Mackey did the costumes. This guy did a set that had who its own the star personality. Other than you, who was the star? Uh, the there star? were there were there was a woman named Dee Hody, who's a very well known yeah. um, theater actress, okay. and a guy named Scott Holmes, who at the time was a soap opera star. Mm. And there was a woman named Gina Torres in it, and she went on to marry. She did Firefly and Serenity and The Matrix, and married Lawrence Fishburne. Oh wow! Yeah, Shit. So that's pretty well. good. And, and but he, it was and oh yeah, and let me tell you something. Yeah, there was a guy in the chorus, and he was complaining that he did not. We were sitting out in the theater during tech, and there was a guy in the chorus, and he was complaining to me that he didn't have any what you call featured moments <laughs> in the show. <laughs> chorus people want featured moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They want to. They want to know. They want. They want to have a line. Otherwise, yeah. they're just in the chorus. And I said, well, you know, but. Look, you're, I would never have been cast doing what you do because I can't sing or dance well enough. 
and you were. And he said, Jim, you don't understand. You're a principal. And I said, well, I'm a principal by the grace of God because I've never, it was just a fluke right. that I got this. Okay, so that kid was obviously very ambitious. His <laughs> uh -huh. name is Casey Nicolaw, and he now has four shows running on Broadway that he directed. Oh, my Aladdin, God. The Book of Mormon, <laughs> um, Mean Girls, and the prom. Do you call him up and go, "Hey, Casey, you got a part <laughs> hey, for? Hey, uh, you got a principal part yeah. for?" I've, I've actually, I've actually auditioned for him a yeah? couple of times. That's yeah. great. But I mean, I mean, this is like this very ambitious person, and now he's like the number Amazing. one. Do they ever crazy. think about bringing that thing back and rewriting what, it? What Whorehouse? Yeah, no. the second one. No, no it's dead. I mean, um, does it hit wait, now? If you if it with all that star power now, uh, does it hit or is the Broadway the same? I don't know. Is it harder? Or I I feel like that kind of show. Yeah. How hit. do you a feel Broadway from then to now? A has show a show is a hit because people like it. Right. Um, Not the, because the it's share good. show. Yes. Which I saw. I went to the opening night of the share show. What do you think? I thought it was a riot. Mm -hmm. I thought it was never. It's never going to be a good musical. Right. But it tells the life story of Cher. Right. Using her music. The and it has three actresses playing Cher, right. and it's entertaining as hell, and it's running, and it got critically, a lot of critics killed it, right? but it, people like it. They like it. People like this musical called The Prom, that everybody, you know, because it's, you walk out and you you say, that was hilarious, and it was fun, and yeah. there's a play that's a brilliant play right now called The Fairy Man, yeah, which, I saw that. did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. genius. Yeah, it's good. But it's a three hour, three and a half <laughs> yeah, hour. scared me. Neil loves going to three hours. I was like, point. I'll never make it three acts, it's, but I was not, it it's was a harmless. Three and yeah, a yeah. It's a three and a half hour play. Yeah. We've seen some great shows. There's some great stuff on Oh, Broadway yeah. Now. I mean, it, 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 if, if a show is good and people like it, They'll come. Did you see the new Kill a Mockingbird? No, I haven't seen I that. I hear it's excellent. I haven't seen that My yet. My sister was blown away. She said it's amazing. And I'm I heard sure Network was really good. Network I was not wild about. No? No. Because I, 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 the movie is like my Midnight right. Cowboy and Network are my two favorite movies of all time. Well, that guy and, won the and I know Academy Award, right? Brian, no, Peter Finch. Peter yeah. Finch, yeah. But the, I don't think it works that well as a stage mm. play. I thought it was interesting. They say people end up watching the monitors behind them rather than right. what's happening on the stage. Right. right? Cause it was, it's, it's, it's very interesting technically, but it doesn't, it's, it's nowhere near. I recently as good as saw the, True West. I, I liked I liked Ethan Hawke. He was great. I'm not sure the other kid was as good. But I I was spoiled because I saw it uh, years ago with John C. Riley and um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought that was the greatest thing I've I'll ever seen. I'll tell you seen. what's really changed in the time I've been in New York is you used to be able to go to see a couple of dozen off-Broadway shows and off-off-Broadway yeah. for like 10 bucks. Yeah, you can't afford shit. Now nobody can do... This is why South Pathetic never became a full off-Broadway production like I wanted it to. Mm. Because this is... You know how much it would have been... If I'd have wanted it to, say, do it at New World Stages yeah. off-Broadway yeah. in a theater for about 200 people. Yeah. Do you know how much the capitalization for that show uh, would have had to be? Like $300,000 yeah, for me, yeah. for one person. Yeah. And that's for the lighting people, the set, the the, the rental of the theater, the, the the insurance. It's insane. It's insane. And that doesn't. Yeah. It's really hard for people to get work done now. Well, when we first when we first came here, all we would do is l l go see. That's where you'd see comedies and dramas is off Broadway. Then Broadway would be, and then all of a sudden off Broadway just slowly started disappearing. Like yeah. there's no, I mean, it's very it was difficult. like uh, David yeah. Mamet was off right. Broadway, Neil LeBute, right. all these. We'd all, see uh, that at every the Neil Atlantic, LeBute play. All these sure. fun off Broadway plays, and then all of a sudden it started disappearing. And then I go to look now, it's like there's nothing off Broadway. We sat next to Neil LeBute in one of them. Like the shape of things. I was sitting and all of a sudden I turned. I'm like, that's him. <laughs> that's him. He was just it. watching the the show that day to see. How I it I did a movie. In 90-something, 
called Radio Land Murders, and that was oh, yeah. produced by uh, George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to this is uh, this is talking about sitting next to somebody. Okay. So I went to the premiere of it in New York, and I was by myself, <laughs> and there was Walter Cronkite. Oh wow! <laughs> and he was at the counter, and I went up to him and I heard him say, "I'd like." A medium popcorn, <laughs> some juju beans, and a small diet coke. I have a story like that too with Bob Shepard, the Yankee announcer. It blows you away, right? You're like, what is going on? Then I went in and I sat next. He was sitting in the theater with his wife. Yeah. And he had a big thing of popcorn. And I went in and I sat next to him. Yeah. Because I said, I'm not going to not sit, sit next, next to, to Cronkite. Right? <laughs> the, the, you know, the voice of right, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic right? play. Right. <laughs> and. I start. I introduced himself, and I told him that I. I mean, I introduced myself, and I told him I was in the movie, and and we were talking, and he was very, very nice. Yeah. And then I said, you know, your popcorn is making me hungry. I'm gonna go get some. And he said, Oh no, have some of mine. I couldn't possibly eat all this. <laughs> and then I said, Well, you know, it's like you put the most incredible dessert in front of me, and I'll yawn. And you, but you yeah. put this popcorn in front of me. Yeah. And and then he said. We we did a story on the evening news about how Americans like to have food that crunches. Sometimes the company will put in the crunch at extra expense to the company. And I kept thinking he was going to say, for more on this, let's go to Bob Schieffer in the third row. <laughs> I know it's freaky with the voice that's next but to you. It's like, like you know, we, you know this, you know, if we're in New York, this yeah. happens to us. Yeah. yeah, this is what people out in the out in outside of New they York don't do. get. I mean, yeah. this happens. Like my one of my idols, my four my comedy idols when I was who were your comedy idols when you were a kid? Seinfeld and yeah, definitely Seinfeld was the one where I saw him. I was like, I, that was that was something really. But all those guys, Leno, Seinfeld, What's My Beef when he was on TV. Everybody I ever saw on the Tonight See, Show. Because I like the more charactery persons. I liked, like. Phyllis Diller, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, Rodney was always great. Jonathan yeah. Winters. Yeah. Lily Tomlin. But Dangerfield was always, because the way that the guy write, wrote lines, right. you know, my wife, what a cook. I didn't know toast had bones. <laughs> <laughs> my mother loved Lily Tomlin. That yeah. was her person. Um, but I'm performing at Dangerfield's one night, yeah. and it was one of those rare nights in that club where I ever. I was killing. Yeah, because that club could have been, could have been, could have is. Yeah, it has yeah. its moments where it's like a real bridge and tunnel. Yeah, you know where the audience is yelling at you and all this yeah. crap and nobody's paying attention. You're right. But that night everything was working. I walk out into the lobby and there's Rodney. Oh wow! And he comes up to me and he goes, "What's your name?" And I said, "Jim David." And he goes, "Well, you're very funny. I seen you in there getting." Big laughs. <laughs> and then he walked away. <laughs> hey, that's as good as it gets. How, um, how cool is that? Yeah, you, yeah, that's pretty amazing. What was the best show you've ever seen on Broadway? Like, can you remember one that you were like, when you saw, you're like, that and my second Broadway question, did you ever see Liza on Broadway? Yeah. And mm -hmm. we was was it like a big thing to see Liza on Broadway? It was a big and, thing at the time. I and was saw she, her. Did she do it for did uh, it? The first she time she was in a show called The Act. Okay. Which was mediocre. Okay. And she was Liza. She was good. Yep. Then the second time I saw her was a show that she did about her father mm -hmm. called Manelli on Manelli. And she was, she was, uh, on her way. She to was, crazy. She, it was, it, she was having trouble getting the notes out. Okay. 
Um, what about Cabaret? Did you see it I, back in the day? Uh, I saw Cabaret on Broadway with Natasha Richardson oh, and wow. Alan Cumming. Oh, wow. At Studio 54 oh, in the revival. Yeah. yeah. He was great. Uh-huh. As the, guy. Um, the best show I ever saw on Broadway, that would have to be a chorus line, the original cast... Because Can I tell you? I think I saw that from camp. They made you. They went to camp, and then we're like tits and ass. Like, uh, hello, does anybody monitor this play? They did the. Play I was like at, eight. They did a chorus line at camp. No, they did. They took us in from camp day camp to see a play, to see, to and see I that? I saw a chorus line when I was like eight years old. So that had to be right there. Well, I saw it in 1976. A bunch of yeah, us came up. That's about right. A bunch of us came up from college. Who was the star? Who was the big star of that show? Donna McKechnie. Yeah, um, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of chorus people, right? Um, show, but it was the original cast, and we didn't know what we were seeing. We just heard that it was a good show, so we all got standing room for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Five bucks. Wow! And we walked out of that show, and we were all all of us theater students from college. That's it. And we were shaking. <laughs> we were shaking. I'm not kidding. Yeah. It it was so unbelievably moving right. and such a perfect piece of art and we just the last the, the best show i've seen in recent years is hamilton yeah that's incredible but that the chorus line was it, it blew me i couldn't speak mm. afterwards because wow. it 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 so not only got why people are in showbiz yep. but it got why anybody does anything right because they because they, they love, love it. it yeah because they love it what i did for love right you know and it was it was the first time I'd ever seen a gay character on stage. Right. It was the first time, you know, because he this this guy, this chorus boy, comes out and does a whole monologue yeah. about growing up gay. Yeah. And and how he was with danced with a bunch of drag queens at this review <laughs> uptown in Harlem. And you're just sitting there going, "Holy mother of God, what am I seeing?" Right. It was unbelievable. Yeah. There you go. That's that was that's un- what Broadway. Neil and I talk about this. That's. What we don't have anymore, like something that we go to see, like a movie every once in a while, like when you saw Pulp Fiction, we were like, that, that was, we were like shaking coming out or a moment like that. Like you live for that moment where, oh my God, I just saw something. Yeah. Like Esty talks about Chappelle like that. Like she's like, she called Manny at two in the morning, like get down here. I want you to see this guy. Like that, those moments happen so rarely that you know we hope well, Hamilton hits but the, the Hamilton people Hamilton like, hits but then you got to negotiate the price yeah it's also like $400 a <laughs> I ticket mean, once Hamilton hits and you figure you, you can't go yeah I want to ask Jim one more thing before we leave. you have this bit that's been stuck in my head forever again another Jim David like bit there was a you did this bit about cats like how the show was I guess okay when it started but now when you it's 4000 performances in they would be like whatever Jellico cats are black and white and jellico <laughs> cats are in and out and what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> we don't know and neither do you yeah and they would all just act it you would act it all out the park like whatever I just don't give a shit yeah don't give a fuck they do it now on the cruise ship on one of them they did full cats and everybody just walks in mass out at the intermission they, yeah. lose, they lose about half the audience yeah because it's a three-hour play about cat it's, it's a, brutal well, it's a two it's two and a half how is this even big back in the day it, because it's uh, it's it's a bunch of songs by t.s Eliot that yeah. andrew lloyd Webber musicalized yeah and it's a bunch of people dancing around dressed like cats <laughs> And it's People been just, listen. Uh, it's um, been an international hit for yeah, forever. for thirty five years yeah. around the world. I'm blown. I'm still blown Who away. The hell no. I can watch for three minutes. All right, let's go to the third corner. <laughs> I want to talk about 
uh, trolls. Like you say, you're on a cruise ship, and um, like everybody's a critic when you when there's stand up comedy, and now that with Twitter and everybody can just send you stuff. Like I was saying, and Neil, people love my Tonight Show, but then sure enough, like I got trolled. Like people would. One lady was a waitress. I did a whole thing about farm-to-table restaurants, and she's like, I'm a waitress, and I don't think you treated. Fuck you. You don't know what it is to be a waiter. Like, oh, my God. Did you just miss the point of this whole thing? Like, it's one experience. and one. I had a blocker on Twitter, and then I got an email from some guy who was, like, running a farm-to-table thing in New Hampshire, and he thought... He want he's like, look, you don't understand what we go through to bring those fresh fruit food to you. like there's always gonna be these critics. And now I it's a, a, I have a line about how if we were forced to not offend anybody ever, yeah, be then no. all we could talk about would be the socks in the laundry. <laughs> and even that would offend Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody's always, always, always gonna get offended, but now you have to hear it. Back in the day when you said Broadway, somebody would write a pan review. Right. That everybody would go to the paper, run to the paper, and read the, the paper. paper. But then and that was it. And that was the trendsetter, whoever it was. So if the New York Times Gave you a bad review. That was it. Now everybody can give you a bad review. Exactly. They, just because but the they don't New York like Times still breaks the show and Broadway. They can, but, but I'm not saying, a, maybe not as. But, but I still now think they people do. can sink it. Not as much as they used to. Not as much as they used to. In fact, because like the Share Show is still running, and they panned. Yeah. The New York Times panned the Share Show. Yeah, you can plow through it. Yeah. Uh, for example, I was watching. So uh, Bernie and I watched Sesame Street videos together, and even that, there's like it has like 14 million hits on some of these videos. And there's still like, you know, 15,000 thumbs down. You know what I mean? Like, how could you not like Elmo singing Elmo's song? You know, Pete, Pete Holmes. Stink. Pete, try to find, if you can, yeah. a routine by Pete Holmes okay. about the YouTube comments section. It's something that I w- would have written, but I, he already did. He already wrote it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but he, he does this bit about how this, you know, this this young girl commented on a YouTube video and he was like, "How do you? Where do you get this anger? You're twelve. <laughs> You're twelve. Where does this anger come from?" Yeah, and that's the that's the that's the downside of uh, the pleasure we co- we have called the internet. You know, that's the downside is that everybody can have a voice. Well, we have, and a, not everybody deserves to have a voice. We yeah, have a mutual friend that got thrown off. He was the number one guy on cruise ships, and he he decided he was going to respond to one of these people, right? And got thrown off. Oh, yeah. Well, that was his fault. Yeah, that was... That was really... I mean, he responded to it. And if you respond to it, you want to stick up for yourself. Well, but but what happened was... Yeah. And we won't say his name. Right. Because we don't want to mess his... Right. But what happened was, this was a gay guy. Right. I mean, not he wasn't. Right. But he was doing a routine about... Which I thought was very inoffensive. He right. just said, "You want to hear bad news from a gay person? Right. Like you want to go into the mechanic and say, well, we have good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah. Your car is screaming for help.' Right. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. just, it was, it's just it was like, very yeah. easy. It and was somebody, a very easy. And little, somebody took offense in the audience. Oh, this guy got up and and made and a big stink. Went to the front desk and caused a scene how dare you make fun of gay people and and imagine if you're a young gay person sitting in the audience and blah blah blah. And, I, and, you know, when I heard that, I was like, girl. Um, but then what happened was that this guy wrote the comedian a, a personal email. When he his got off the ship. When he got off the ship. Yeah. Oh, and then the, the comedian responded by writing a 14-paragraph, hey. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. you. Hey. Which the guy forwarded to the head of to the, the To the head of the cruise line. line, and that was the end that of That was him. the end. Oh, so you can't, you know, you just have to, t- you, have to st- you have to take it in some ways. Now, how's, this is how you got me, almost got me thrown off of ship. Me? By a troll, yeah. By, 
So you told me this story one time about how the cruise ships, I did not know this, you were on the same ship I was, but the week before, it's a gay cruise. And so they removed everybody. They, they take off. They bring in their own cruise director for this. That, That's right. The cruise director gets away. The, a lot of their own staff. It's it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a charter. It's a charter, and then it's like you know, there's some little bit of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah going on there. Like a little. <laughs> <laughs> there was so a guy with a drill dough on the dance floor. <laughs> there was a guy with. Right. He was a guy sticking a. He had a dildo on it that was a motorized, yeah, yeah, yeah. like on a like a like on a. Yeah. You know, and he was sticking it up this guy's ass on the. I've got <laughs> and I've got video to prove it. <laughs> so you told me the story about. Did you tell me the story, or did I create the joke about gay uh, naked zip lining? Was it the naked? Was, there was a zip line, so I may have come you up with it. So this naked zip, so this naked zip lining, like you th- and people in the so I wrote this joke about he, there was naked zip lining. Every and people in the audience would just start laughing, like ooh. I go, oh, it was you know this was uh, no, it's that's not the half of it. The half of it there was a guy waiting at the bottom, and I would turn around as the zip one guy came down and zip lined the guy into the guy's ass. That was my joke. I would turn around, and the place would go absolutely apeshit. Because I told him, Jim David was, you know, like a right. comic was here telling me it was a gig. So I set up and it would just boom. And I would finish the set from there. This is on like the Allure, the Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one show after me murdering on this joke, I do it and some lady loses her mind. No! No! And I thought it was like a, it was like a one act play. A person stood up and around. Absolutely not. That is horrible. Heart, like screaming from the crowd, like calm down, lady. You never told me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And this is all because of, I wrote that joke because of what you told me. This lady loses her shit. She goes down immediately. Walk. I am not going to stand for this. That's gay bashing. My brother is gay. No. And walks out that side door. You know what I'm talking about? And the Lord, whatever. And yeah. walks down. I'm, I get, like, I don't know what that was. Sorry, everybody. I get off stage, whatever. I'm walking down. I don't even get 10 feet out of the comedy club. Here comes the cruise director. And I go, I, I'm sorry. He's like, it's okay. You know, at 20 <laughs> feet away, it's okay. He's like, comes up to me, just don't do the joke the rest of the week. Is that okay? Like, yeah. So I'm like, that's my tribute to Jim David telling me. <laughs> I wrote a joke off a story and told me, and I almost got thrown off the line. Oh, listen. It's crazy. I've, I've got, I, I, listen, I've gotten close. There was this, yeah. there was this, you remember back before in like 2014 when they were all of a sudden legalizing marriage equality in all these states? Yes. So it was like a domino effect. Right. It's like the, some court decisions would happen, and then all of a sudden, boom, it was legalized in 11 states. Right. Well, I'm in the club, and there was this woman in the club, this middle-aged woman, who was given the first comedian a lot of shit. Yeah. Then I got up there, and she was given, she was interrupting, and I kept saying, is this what we're going to be doing? Are we going to just back and forth? And and so I said, well, I'm not going to talk to you. And then I said to the front front row, I said, where are you guys from? And they said, North Carolina. And I said, oh, that's where I'm from. And then I said, they just legalized marriage equality in North Carolina. And then this woman yells out, two big thumbs down for that. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? Oh, and she shit. said, marriage is a sacred covenant only between a man and a woman. And I said, not anymore, bitch. <laughs> and it went down the hill from there right. between the two of us. Right. And so finally, and people started yelling at her right. and saying, you know, we want to see comedy. We don't want to listen to you. Right. And she goes, well, this is not comedy. And I said, well, it would be a comedy if you'd let me get out a fucking word. Right. Finally, I had to... I, I, See, when I get upset, yes. I can't hide it, right? And I start to shake, right? Physically, <laughs> yeah. I literally start to go like this. That was, you know, when I did Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn yeah. for two years. Yep. Sometimes I would get so furious on that show with Patrice O'Neill. Yes. May he rest in peace. I was going to say. 
Patrice was very hateful to me. Yeah. And genuinely. And I would sit there and I'd be gripping <laughs> I'd be gripping this the seat so that the camera would not pick me up shaking in yeah. fury. Oh my but God. I started to shake on the stage with this woman. And finally I said, Look, ma'am, this this show is obviously not for you. I think you should leave. She goes, I'm not going anywhere. And I said, Well, I'll tell you what. I took a deep breath because I knew the audience was on my side. Right. And I took a deep breath and I said, um, you are now officially in violation of the guest conduct policy. <laughs> and if you say one more word, I'm going to go over to that phone on the wall and call security. And they're going to haul your ass out of here yeah. and maybe lock you up. And I said, and I wasn't going to do this. But just to fuck with you, I'm going to do just 20 minutes of gay stuff. <laughs> and then I said, there was a there was a, a African waiter right, right up front. Yep. And I said, this is my lover, Mobaini Ngema. <laughs> I sat on his big black cock this morning. Where people lose their They mind. were losing it. They were losing it. It was one of the most fun sets I've ever yeah. had because I just went there. Yeah. I just said, to hell with it. Yeah. And I think that's what they love about you on the cruise line from what I hear. It's like, he just, we don't get to see anything like this. That's you know very I mean? true. Yeah. They don't. Um, you didn't have to worry about this, like I said, back in the day. And like, I, I got mail one time from a like a set on new year's day like i did i opened for robert kelly like 10 years ago and this lady hated my set so much that i did and i did well you know wasn't wasn't bombing or anything it was she she goes I, so i would go like the late show wherever we were i did from i don't know 11 to 11 30 and then they did like uh or maybe 11 45 and i just got off stage just in time for them to do new year's eve and then they bring up robert right mm. I got a letter from one of his fans or something like that. Like, <laughs> it was really funny. It was, she goes, uh, "This is I woke up New Year's Day at what I don't know eleven, and then the first email on my thing is like, oh, thank God, I could not wait for it to be New Year's, uh, new ringing in the New Year's because I knew once that bell went off, you would get the fuck off stage. You know, like, <laughs> like listen, I go, first, I wrote, uh, I wrote back, listen, lady, you really you." You, it's New Year's, and that's the first thing you wanted to do that's, in the new year. Yeah, but they're kind of, I, I know. It, they, remember, there used to be the comment cards, too, before this whole thing started. Yeah. And those were affecting, yeah. like, they, they, those would affect people just as much. Yeah. And now, now, of course, it's, like, instantaneous. But I remember I got them. He commented, he, oh. he got a comment card about me, and then he'd be, like, talking yeah. to us about it. <laughs> oh, but I know, got comments no more of that shit. What's interesting, yeah. I, I learned the hard way on Twitter about be careful yep. who you... Trash. All right, tell it. Well, I was there's this woman who's an NRA spokesperson. Oh, Jesus. And she came out with this book uh, about it was a pro gun control book, and she's posing on the cover in a red dress, very seductive, holding the kind of AR 15 that was used in Sandy Hook. Oh, wow. And I thought that was really vile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought, how dare you? And so it was so, pro gun, not pro gun pro control. Gun. Yeah. It oh, was okay. pro gun. Yeah. Yes. And it okay. was like, you know, she was at she was eroticizing yeah. the weapon that had just killed right children children yeah, and so I wrote. Unfortunately, the gun on the cover has not blown off her face. <laughs> that was a nasty joke at NRA, yeah. and you said I it. Added, that, yeah. I added her. Um, that should be good. And she re retweeted it, and I must have gotten how many two thousand hate tweets Jeez. from her followers. The Russian bots hit you. Oh, <laughs> and I got doxxed. I got docs. Oh, you did. Which means yeah, they, they published, somebody tweeted out my name, my address, address and my phone number, oh. and said, go get him. 
and I immediately had to change my phone number. Do you call the FBI? I went to the police. Yeah. And I took it. I took a copy of the, the offending stuff, and he said, "There's, there's probably, there's nothing we can do about this." It's amazing. That all happened like quick. That happened within ten seconds. Shit. Yeah, that's within within yeah, within yeah. ten to fifteen seconds. Because my when you at somebody. You think they're never going to see this. Nobody pays any attention. Yeah. That's why I have, to this day, I have never tweeted an at or directly to any of the Trump family right. or anybody associated with them. Right. Because they can, this is, you know what happened to Kathy Griffin. Yeah. I mean, she got put on the no-fly list. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this I don't trust <laughs> these people. No. Yeah, so crazy. I've never, I have kept my. And I he's have, made it worse. He's made all oh, of it extra worse. He has. Well, what he's done is he's given the worst thing that he's done, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about him. I know. I just want but to s- the worst thing that he's done is that he's given the assholes of the country permission That's to right. be even more of an asshole to all these groups. You're well, it's funny like, because well, Danny, remember Danny, always, Danny, Danny Cohen, Danny, before all this stuff happened, Danny was he did the show with us all the time and he got kicked off Facebook. And I'm like, it's so funny. All this shit went down. And he got kicked off, off Facebook. Facebook. How could this guy? If Facebook didn't <laughs> kick anybody else off, but they kicked him off, or yeah. they suspended him for like a? How can we fix like, it? How is that possible? How, is there any way to fix this? To fix what? The trolls, like the nope. trolling. No, nope. we just ignore to, them. Do you think Twitter will be around? in yes. ten years. I or? think it's going to be around. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be around. But it's like there's there's no when look when you give people a microphone, yep. they're going to use it. And Twitter is a and Twitter and YouTube YouTube's going through this whole thing right now about getting rid of white supremacists yep. on the thing. They're and trying. People are accusing them of silencing conservatives. Okay. It's like no, we're silencing assholes. And that see that's the way. Look, I have no problem with it because free speech means you have the right to say what you want. But YouTube or Twitter or Facebook don't have to host you yeah they don't have to they're a free platform and they they can decide who is on or off of their platform that's it yeah i mean and also too bad and if you if you you know if you violate them but a a lot of that world though is 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 a creating it's feeding on itself meaning like if i could give an example of it like when stand-up comedy hits yep within seconds like seinfeld gets show within seconds like there's 50 more comics in the city, then 200 more comics. Like, this is my way to make it. Uh, and so social media, it, when you hear Kim Kardashian is getting $300,000, $200,000 for one tweet, then now every now everyone's trying to make this is a, be this is a new world. This is a new way to make a lot of money. So for me to make fun of you yeah. and make fun of you, and then all of a sudden I'm creating my own career. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, there in one, one moment, I'm starting to create my own career i'm the guy that makes fun of comics yeah, and now i'm i'm about to now i have 500 like I have, jerry or I ha, yeah i have three thousand followers right. so it and it just feeds on itself and then i become popular Listen, you know, if, it's, I, it's hard I, to stop it i have it's, no i know nothing yeah. about anything i don't know why anything is a hit right nobody knows anything yeah. right if you had told me back when i first started doing comedy that adam sandler was going to be an international movie star yeah i would have sent you to a neurosurgeon <laughs> i would have said what are you kidding me uh, you know what well. I mean? You don't, and, and now you look at some comics, some of, some of our comedian friends that we yeah. work with have tens of thousands of followers yeah. on Twitter and Instagram. It's like, who are these people? Where did they get these followers? Oh, I'll tell but you one quick story. Let me tell you a quick that, story. The, the business responds to a massive amount of followers. Oh, sure they do. And you have done, not, all I've done is make fun of you. Yeah. And that's probably added. I just feed off your follower. Now I've added five thousand followers, and I'm closer to making money. 
Well, it's one of those things where. Just, By the way, your listeners can follow me at <laughs> Jim David, Comic Jim comic David. Jim David. That's for on everything. Twitter and Instagram, and, and my website. website. Yes, right. Comic Jim David. Um, yeah, to end that. Um, yeah, look, haters are gonna hate, but I mean, you know, I think at some point, uh, it's so much better when you could send out a compliment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know why that's so hard, and the hate stuff is just it's so easy to dismiss. People just working. We're just working. We've we've become a very tribal society yeah. where you turn on Fox News or even MSNBC and it's all about this is why the other other side yeah. sucks. Right. There's it's all settling of scores. It's it's just name calling. It has very little to do with informing the public. It's just nastiness. Yeah. And that feeds on itself. And the only way that I can deal with it is to ignore it. There you go. Because I'll get Sometimes I'll get a hate. T- I mean, I just block people right. or, or mute them. Yeah. Better yet, mute them. That means that they can still think they're Twitter. <laughs> talking to you. They're talking to me, and yeah. I don't even see it. Yeah. But I just don't get involved with it. Just it'll it will go away if you ignore it. It, it will, will go away. I agree. We'll it, come in full it, circle. It, Maybe we can get Walter Cronkite back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that guy just said that he just told it like this is what's told happening. Told it like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, let's move on to the fourth corner. We're going to play a game that we call this, that, or the other thing. I'm going to give you a choice of one of two things. Which would you take? That's all you got to do, We and then we discuss. That's all. Okay, the first one I want to say, pop music or rock music? Um, over the You could choose any from over the years. You could just say, would you rather listen to pop or rock? Which one's your favorite? I have like, I, for mine, I would say yacht rock. I'm going off. Because that was Neil uh, <laughs> on his, uh, on Sirius Radio, they have that yacht rock channel. And I'm like, I think this is my channel. I don't know. It's definitely not pop. Neil, you want to do one? Like so, rock, rock, rock? Or pop, rock. Right. I mean, I feel like rock and roll is all day. I don't know. I guess I would listen to pop. I guess just I don't know. Huh? At least I don't know. I mean, if I go back, um, I still listen to U two and Bruce and all, all those old eighty yeah. songs. So yeah. I, I, that's what I still listen to. I, I don't love pop music, but Jim's a DJ. So I like, well, I like poppy me. rock. Like rock. like ELO. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like that over like that. overproduced <laughs> rock and roll, right? Yeah. Or like, um, I, you know, Madonna. I was a huge fan of. Yeah, so I, I love, guess that would be I pop. Like, I never. Pop. I was never a fan of Springsteen. I, I just didn't. Did I, you see a show on Broadway? No, but I it heard was, it, was it was unbelievable. Nail saw it. Yeah, he's in tears. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's a genius. I just yeah. never. He's see. I was a. I was also a fan of like Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and right. those singer songwriters. Folk that would be considered. Right? It would sort of folky poppy. Folky. <laughs> Folk is like Peter Paul and Mary. Yeah, and, you know that kind of. I think stuff. my mom liked that stuff. So what about uh, you? You what? I mean, what well, you, I'm a Steely Dan. You know that. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, yeah. Oh, I totally love Steely Dan. Yeah. The first I walk, I remember walking into a record store and hearing Black Cow playing. Yep. And I said, "What the hell is this? this? This is fabulous!" And I went up and bought the whole album. Yeah, Asia. <laughs> yeah, Asia is one of the best <laughs> albums ever Asia. made, oh, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I love Steely Dan. So uh, what, I like, and I'm because I'm a, well, I'm a DJ. Yeah, so what I do like, you play? So I, I play uh, everything. Everything that are, I especially like, like new remixes of old songs. Uh, like I have a kick-ass remix of "Call Me" by Blondie, right? Or "Tiny Dancer" mm-hmm. by Elton John, or "Every Breath You Take." Um, you know, just I love that kind of stuff. And, and also old disco, because that's the one thing that, that young people today don't understand. How good there disco will is. never be a better period of dance music 
than, than old disco. disco. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Because that was when we were inventing it. Yep. Studio 54. Yep. You know, I went. How was it? It was all that in a ball of wax. It was. Well, see, the first time I went and I didn't get in because I was just dressed normal. Right. <laughs> but then a second time, I went with a crazy friend of mine. Yeah. And we both went and we had nothing on but gold lame Speedos. Right through the door. <laughs> we went right through the door. I, we, we were in our 20s. We were young. Yeah. We were cute. Yeah. We got right in. I remember when I first moved to New York, yeah, I went to one of those clubs with like khakis on. I just yeah, sat like, there. Bye. I was going to sit there for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> they were never going to let me in. No, oh, it was man. all those things. People were having sex in the balcony. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was all crazy that. time. It was all true. Um, okay, let's go to the next one. I'll give you a choice. Which would you rather see, great movie or great play? Um, uh, given the choice, I'll see a great play because you're right there and it's happening and it's it's an audience involvement and you, you know. Neil? Was well, it one shot? You can only see each either one because well, you can see a movie later. So if it's just one shot, I have to see either one. I'd probably choose a great movie. Like, but if it's obviously you can watch the movie whenever, right? No, no, no. Well, you know, you get one shot. We like, let's say one shot at this. You can one only shot. see this thing one time. You're gonna You'll go never, see. Yeah. Ha- you can go see I'd Hamilton go see a, or The I'd, Godfather that night. You I'd know, I probably what I mean? go see the movie. I'll go to the play, even though I obviously go to a lot of plays. But I, man, I'd I don't go know. For there's it. nothing. There's yeah, nothing yeah. like the theater, there's man. Nothing there's like nothing the like it because you are you are it's, in the you're you're in a room with thousand people sharing and experience seeing angels in America. Yeah. Or you know what was the most incredible thing? You said, what's the best thing you've ever seen? And I right. said, a chorus line. I have to also say the life and adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. Really? By the Royal Shakespeare Company. That was also like nine hours it was long. An, it was four hours in the shit. afternoon and four and a half hours at night. And oh, you had an hour dinner break between the matinee and the evening. <laughs> Did they feed you? And No, we had to go across. <laughs> we went across the street and ate at Barrymore's. I thought they'd feed you so you didn't leave. No, yeah. no. That Jeez. was that was the most unbelievable because you literally were in the middle of a Charles Dickens novel. Right. And it was happening all around you. And it was never boring for a second. Same thing with Angels in America, which was seven hours. Yeah. Never boring for a second. That was over two days, right? That, that, two, per, two, two shows. Two shows, yeah. 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 So, well, Nicholas day. Nickleby was two shows. You could see it. The same thing, same with, with Angels. You, oh, you could do it all in one And day? also the same thing with Harry yeah. Potter. Potter and that right There's now. Right now, the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Right. It's two parts. Yeah. But you can, so you I thought can it was like it. a Thursday, Friday, you all not in one day. You no, you could see it on Wednesday or Saturday. So Wednesday powerful. afternoon and Wednesday night or Saturday I was just scared about the Ferryman three acts. But that, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to make What's it. What's the other one that's that was really on? Kevin Spacey Ken, did that one. Well, Kentucky Cycle did no. a bunch of days. No, oh, come on. That one. Uh, long Day's Journey? Yeah. yeah, yeah the, oh, Long that. Day's Journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long, long Day's Journey. He's drunk as shit. It's a, it's a great show, but it's, boy, it's like you feel like you've been sitting and drinking <laughs> for four hours. All right, let's do this one. Would you rather be in a hit movie or a hit play? Now that and you were well, you weren't in a hit play, but you, I was not in a hit musical. Would I rather be in a hit movie or a hit, hit play? play? The movie's one experience; it'll be live forever. The easy, play, I mean, financially, it's an easy one. Yeah, that's easy for financially. Sure, sure, that's the movie. I feel like you got to choose the hit movie because then you can do any hit play you want once you're once you've established this yeah, star. But you could say then you go back to Broadway. Broadway. You probably got two free Broadway shows if you're a star. If, if you're, you're anybody, if you're anybody, I mean, not this a movie, but if you're a hit from Game of Thrones right now, the any cast member from Game of Thrones can can do two Broadway shows before is, they before absolute, they bail out. That's absolutely true <laughs> yeah. because, like, you can put 
you could, like I remember I saw Dear Evan Hansen yep. and Ben Platt that was the kid, star of it. I saw it too, yeah. I'd never heard of him. He's incredible. But uh, he was it was phenomenal, but I'd never heard of him. Right. But evidently he did these movies pitch perfect. Oh yeah. So all these fans of that movie are at the show. Right. So if you do one hit one or two hit movies yeah. Then you can write your own ticket in the theater. Yeah. Well, it used to be the other it way. Changed. You were in the theater, yeah. and then you would write the ticket to movies. But people, people are can be huge theater stars and have zero clout in the movies. Oh yeah. What's like Patty Lapone? Yep. Patty Lapone is a huge theater star. Yeah. yeah but she, you put her name on the title, and people will come. Audra McDonald. Audra McDonald. You wouldn't know who she was. Yeah. I didn't know who she was. Audra McDonald has won six Tony Awards or something like that. Yeah. She's huge. Yeah. But you put her in a movie. Who? Who? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. But you put. Fucking, you know, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> if she put her on Broadway, put her right on now, Broadway, so people would go I just to say, I saw her at the opening night of the Share Show in person. I star, saw her waiting in line for the, at the yeah. women's room. What do you think? The biggest ass you have yeah, ever seen in your entire life. I, it's huge. Well, they pump so much shit it's, in there. Uh, what? The, it's like, what is this ass? What? Why? And she had this low-cut like dress two. on. She's like, yeah, but it's this ass standing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ass <laughs> with a head. Everything. I, I don't get ass it. Ass with a head. Yeah, I, I Everybody wants a big ass now. It changed everything. But at the same time, if you do a Broadway show and pull, I, I was watching last night, uh, Jeff Daniels was on. Yep. And to him, this this is the best. This is, he says this is the pinnacle of his career. That being, on, on, being on Broadway. Oh, wow. And so, therefore, as an actor, you there's you something. can tell everybody to screw off for the rest of your life. You just did the best Broadway show ever. And you're a star. <laughs> and, and there's no doubt that, you, as far as an actor, there's no doubt that you can act. And you're an actor, and you've established yourself. So, peace of mind in your small little apartment, yep. Broadway show. Now, but, peace of mind but, in your big apartment, <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with Neil on all of that. Thank you, Neil. Um, all right, let's do the next one. Which would you rather have, a great ass or rock-hard abs? I'll take the rock-hard abs. Interesting. What? Well, yeah. uh, I think the abs give you more chance to show show yourself. I'll take the Yeah, abs. you could just accidentally forget to wear your shirt to <laughs> go get coffee. I've never had abs in my life. <laughs> Me neither. I you would, know, it's interesting. I think you know, I'd go abs. You know, a lot of these people, a lot of these guys especially, <sighs> the, the gays of Instagram. Have yeah. you seen those guys? All these guys. <laughs> oh, that, I haven't seen well, it. But I'm no, sure there's there all these guys on Instagram that one picture after another just of abs. them yeah. either naked and or that's, shirtless. They're making a living. And, and I'm career. just like... You know, you've. I get the idea. Yeah, after yeah. two, I have a joke in my act. I say I'm a little old to put shirtless pictures of myself on Instagram, so I just pick put pictures of my two homes and my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. My With the caption: "Fuck off." Uh, my friend Abby was on a on first class one day, and John Stamos gets on right, and he's 50 years old, you know, and and he's got to put something in the overhead, but he's wearing a top that kind of rides up when he puts it in, and he's still got like great abs or whatever. And he, she said that the whole first class, all the women just went. She could hear. Oh, I <laughs> like abs. Oh, I think people, it's abs. People the problem get, if you get abs, then you got to find places to show abs. Like if you're not in, you either abs. do you either do Instagram or you start like vacationing at place. You you, Are just you gotta, kidding me? I go you for take a run every the hour. These guys run on the. I go running. I'm like <laughs> like breathing. I'm sweating my ass off. These guys run by me. The shirt. Your, your shirt like, would have to be off. Shirtless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got like it tied to the corner. When's the last time you left the, the house without a shirt on? Never. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Never. Exactly. I would pay money to see. Oh that. my yeah. gosh. 
No. I would pay money. But you would if you had the ads. I have so much hair on my back. My, Robert yeah. Kelly, I answered the door one yeah, time. We were in, I was at Aspen Comedy Festival, and there's a big knock on the door. And I'm like, hold on. He's knocking really hard. It's Robert Kelly, right? I open the door like halfway. He takes one look at me and just starts crying, laughing. I'm like, what? He goes, you look like the Wolfman in mid-transition. <laughs> Thank you. Don't you. Tra- you don't trim? You don't well, I do a, once in a while. but You I don't didn't have a the, trimmer? I didn't for a, a, in the middle of winter Aspen at oh, the time. Oh, no, I'll do that. I, I, I can't stand the side of it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate hair on the back. Uh, well, I you know I, after I do do it every once in a while. I have that little. But it's thingy. like I, it's like I can't stand things. This is what happens when you get older. Things grow Everything. on you. Everything. Years. Like, it's I'm, terrible. I, I'm like, what's next? Mushrooms? Am I going to have? <laughs> when I'm in a nursing home, am I going to be like an onion you left in the refrigerator too long? Are there going to be trees? My dick has rings, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. You can put. You take one look at my dick and tell what year there was a drought. <laughs> It tells a story. Uh, <laughs> it tells a story. Um, yeah. We, um, so, okay, let's do the next one. Love. Would you rather have love or money? <laughs> so str- we're all struck. With, <laughs> we all went yeah, to a dark place. <laughs> you got to see everybody. Let me describe the face. Second, in one second, we all went to a really they, dark place. I, it, just, it was like, and here ever, I am. I'm in a relationship for 31 30 years. years. And you had to think about it. I have, and I had to. Th- <laughs> you had to see everybody's face. Everybody just like because, stunned. Because like what? But silence. Money can not buy happiness, but yep. it can rent it. Yes. Yeah. It, I don't know. You know what? I'll take love. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. You're gonna I would take rather. The high I would ra- I, I would rather no it's true because if I I am I'm in a very good relationship yeah and if you know that you know yep. that you've known me the whole time I've yes. known you I've he's great a, I love the no the whole time I've known you you've been a, you've known and everybody yes. knows it and I would have gone out the window no matter how much money I had if I didn't have this relationship I would have I would have been toast okay. yeah yeah I'm gonna agree with that I mean I don't think I'd been toast and there was a lot of times I think my, you know, I think money, but I know that the right answer. Money is makes there. money. Money literally makes no difference as far as I mean, it, it doesn't. You, it, it it really doesn't. It really because doesn't. think of all the people we know that have money that are miserable. Miserable fucks. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, it's you amazing. need both. If you just get, if you just get, yeah, I don't know. We if know. you just get love, there's some. There's some. There's some it. famous. Yeah. There's one famous comedian who I will not mention his right. name. But he's very well off right now because he's doing theaters around the country and he's 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 extremely well known. Well, he's a miserable, miserable motherfucker. Yeah. He, I was at Gotham one night. I know the story. You know the story. Mm-hmm. I was at Gotham. I'm doing a show at Gotham at nine o'clock to nine thirty. Then I have to go up to the strip at ten o'clock. He wants he comes into Gotham wants to go in front of me, and I said no, no. I've got a show and then I've got to leave. Yeah. You can go after me. And he, he just hit the ceiling and yeah. screamed at me, who the fuck do you think you are? Multi-millionaire. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's screaming at me because I would not let him go in front of me. Right. You know what I mean? People are nuts. And that's, that's one thing that, that's gotten me no, that's made me no friends in the comedy scene. Mm. Because I remember Chappelle always did that at the Comedy Cellar. And come in and would bump all of us. And I got mad. I said, no, this is not fair. Yeah. I've been waiting here to do my spot. And this guy comes in and they... You know, Manny, may he rest in peace, right. the owner of the club. He would scream at me, you know, Chappelle is much more important to this club than you are. At least I know where I stand. Exactly. But I still, but that always, that always burnt my ass whenever comedians would come in and bump us. Bump, yeah. I, I, sometimes they, at least Ray Romano asked me, do you mind? Do you mind? Like, well, I'm I always not, felt that like. That means like, I'm going, so would don't you mind. mind. If I went on, that would be. Just <laughs> I think a that was in Lenny. some of their goals. Like, when I make it, I'm going to fuck over everybody 
I'm going to bump everybody. Like that must have been like a goal that they totally. Set. A lot of them do have that. They yeah, just yeah. want to show the power, right? Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's finish with this one now. I know you don't want to talk about him, but I'm going to set the. Let's see what you, I just wanted to get a reaction out of you. So Donald Trump for four more years or HIV. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, Jim? Oh, God. Well, uh, I think I would take HIV because there's uh, <laughs> because there's I can be get treated for that. That's right. I can now get, you can. I, I can get treated yeah. for it, and it's no longer a killer disease. But <laughs> I would rather have H. I would rather get AIDS than have Donald <laughs> Trump for four more years. I don't even know. I have no. Got to go off the board. I'd have to just move to Canada. You know, this <laughs> Saturday I'm going the other. Move out. I can't. I can't do this for another four years, right, Neil? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about if you just take away the, the, um, the if you take away the anger part of it if you just admit that it's okay it's the if you take away the part that's fucking us all over and we're all getting destroyed and <laughs> just just look at it as pure solid entertainment yeah, yeah. like this is the greatest 24-hour TV show ever made. <laughs> if it ends well. encompassed us all. If you just look at him as a pure entertainer, then you can get away okay, with it. No, I don't see because I've never <laughs> like, found him entertaining. Yeah. I've always found him to be a pig, and yeah. I, I've never yeah, been able to stand him. Yeah, but it draws you. But that, what, what, he's got you in that sense. He's He's got still got so your you're, viewership. You're going with Trump you know, for more so years. if you're sitting in your Hollywood studio just looking for viewership, this right. is the greatest show. This is the greatest produced show I you've understand. ever made. Um, my Does thought that make sense. My thought on this is, you know what? Once in a while, I just won't watch TV for the day. Yeah. You ever try that? Oh, I yeah. do it all the time. It's it helps. It's normal. Oh my god! Like, there's normal. It's like it's like, nothing's happening. You yes. can't watch it anymore. That's the I, only I, way. I watching it. until the Nazis start coming down Broadway. You yeah. know, I I think that's the if he gets elected again, I'm not watching TV for four years. No, you can't. I'm not, but oh. you know, but but no, he uh, as a a gay person, yeah, he's true. been an absolute disaster uh, for because now people. now any minority now now um, health workers can refuse to hire you. I mean to 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 service you if they want to object because of their religious. Uh, no, how about awful. the women beliefs. in abortions? It's like it's sure. a, it's a but you said it, and I just would like if if I would if you know if I was being picked up by an ambulance, how would they know I was gay? Would the would the paramedics <laughs> say his shoes are too fabulous? I I can't I can't serve him due to my sincerely yeah. held religious but beliefs. You said it when we started. If we would have never given him oxygen from the beginning, this would have never happened. I know, yeah, but we, we all went all in on this guy, and but it's too late to turn it back. It is. Okay, well, that was fun ending to that one. And, okay, so the way we end the show, Jim, every week is a one good thing or one bad thing of the week. It could be just something that happened to you this week or something great. We were talking about trolls, so I'll start this week. So my wife uh, wanted, like, this makeover thing, you know, like a like a makeover. So I had Leslie Jones' assist, uh, one of her, her makeup artists. I hired her to give my wife... You know, like, you know, a night of beauty kind of thing. Really? And, and, like, uh, go Regina. through her makeup and Uh-oh. take her to Sephora or whatever. So they go to Sephora and they and uh, and all hell breaks loose because they're, they're, like, right before the store closes and they buy the stuff. So they're a little after the store closes. And the workers there were kind of being shitty, uh, to say the least. And then all hell broke loose. So, of course, the assistant went back and told Leslie and then she tweeted it out to a million Instagram followers, you know, whatever. And Sephora contacted her and said, we apologize, you know, gave her a big apology to that thing. It's amazing. (laughs) So the power of just one tweet to a company like they, and they closed the store yesterday for like training for an hour for diversity. They were going to do that anyway because of the way they treated uh, SZA, you know, a rap star somewhere in California. But if you look, if you do Leslie Jones Sephora, you will see her thing come up, and she goes, "My my assistant and 
and uh, my best friend's wife went in there, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Gina, you just made news. You were in the news." So your your craziest gift shit did not work. Is really yeah. <laughs> I tried one nice gift, yeah. my wife, and fail, and I, I created an international incident. Neil, one good thing or one bad thing of the week? Uh, my good thing is last night we went to this comedy sleight of hand show at Tanner's. It was who pretty was it? cool. Uh, me and just me and Bethel went. No, who is the guy? <laughs> uh, Noah Levine, I think. Okay, and he just does sleight of hand for an hour. In you this, recommend it in the sixth floor building, and you just sit there for like. He, he just away. gets you one after another, and you just—it's just—I I don't know. I love sleight of hand, right? And I love that we're in the sixth floor of some weird freaking building, and yep. it just is a good little show. Twenty people, and he just did sleight of hand shit all day long, and you just sit and there. Picked your card. Just, he did amazing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. I I, I highly right. recommend it. That well, was my so good thing. So give him the shout out. What is it? Noah Levine. I think it's called What's Magic it? After Hours, and Magic it was just a really good little Great. show. Jim, one good thing, one bad thing of the week. Um. The bad thing was, it's not really bad, uh, but I I started watching a very depressing Netflix series <laughs> called When They See When When They See Us. Yes, uh, it's about the Central right. Park Five. Yes, and it's brilliant and disturbing, and it's extremely disturbing, yep. and made me lose sleep. Uh, yeah, it's a the, the good depressing. thing I started doing something this week that I think is going to change my life. Okay, getting up. The hardest thing in my life is getting out of bed. I have an awful time. Well, you're up by 10 today. I know, but I remember yeah. I texted you. Yeah. Call me to make sure I'm up. <laughs> right. I just couldn't. But I started getting up and immediately putting my shoes on and my clothes and taking a walk, a long walk. Good idea. Before I do anything. It's a good idea. Like That's what I did since Monday, and I think I'm going to keep doing that as long as I can because it has made a huge difference yep. in my daily mood. You know what I mean? I just get up. So good. Just, just get up and walk. take a, take a long 10, walk. 10,000 steps a day. That's what you're supposed yeah. to get. And that's, that's it. Maybe I'll just walk Neil home today. Just take a long walk. And I also like to, it gets me out of my head. Yep. Because I look around at all the people on the street, especially here in New York, mm -hmm. who don't give a damn about my problem. <laughs> Can I add to that? Your sure. walk, if you walk right to Starbucks and get that coffee, <laughs> boom, you're not going back to bed. No. <laughs> I don't I, I don't drink that much coffee. So That'll get I used you there. to, but yeah. I don't. A venti, I don't a venti dark roast. And then Neil walks right to the bathroom and also the other bad thing this week was seeing pictures of the trumps with the the royal family it makes no sense you know you know what and somebody wrote on twitter you know because there was an article in the times that posed the question is is ivanka the closest we have to an american princess and somebody wrote on twitter no Ivanka's the closest we have to victoria Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> Great line to end the show. ComicJimDavid.com is the website at ComicJimDavid on social media. Find Jim if you're on a ship. If he's on, you have you're gonna have a great I've week. Got, I got four CDs. They can, four CDs. They can buy iTunes. my Comedy Central special. I've been doing this for 33 years. I guarantee you, if you listen to anything, they're hilarious. Jim, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Lenny. Thank you, Neil. All right, we'll see you guys next week.